0: Welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we walk into the dark and clouded unknown. I am your rosy pink host, Gary, <laughs> to tell you about the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries. Today, I get to be joined by my wife and co-host, Goldie Ann. Hello, Goldie Ann.
1: Hi, Gary.
0: How are you today?
1: Pretty good.
0: So, what's your favorite color? Purple. Oh, I thought it would be pink. It used to be. What changed? Where
1: have you been? I don't know. I just one day I thought, wait a minute. I don't know if pink is my favorite color. I think it's purple.
0: You just had an epiphany.
1: All the years of having everything pink, and I realized, hmm, I like purple. It's got to be glittery purple.
0: Okay, so just for no particular reason, no. Let's just say it's pink.
1: How's that? that make you feel better
0: no because it's already recorded that your favorite color is purple oh man oh well <sighs> all right well we'll try to adapt anyways okay in fact i'll probably give you more reasons not to have pink as your favorite color okay but on a positive note Ann, within the mist is now providing merchandise we have opened an amazon store with original artwork on t-shirts of your favorite cryptids ghosts and other mysteries so if you want to show love for your favorite cryptids and possibly your favorite podcast, look at the link in the show notes. We are only able to add a few items at a time, so we'll be sure to update new releases on our social media as we try to expand to other products and add more and more designs. Awesome. Now, with that in mind, Goldie oh. do you know what does a cloud wear under his raincoat? A petticoat? No, he wears thunderwear. Oh my God. Okay. Today's episode involves chilling stories about a fog-like cloud that dissolves animals and people down to the bone. These may be upsetting to some of our listeners. We are storytellers who have gathered information on some of our favorite mysteries to bring to you. We don't attempt to scare our listeners on purpose. Well, maybe just a little.
1: I like scaring people.
0: Well, you can scare them with the purple stuff. Okay. Listener discretion is always advised. We tend to think of ourselves as the masters of the wind, able to summon it with fans or to use flight to travel long distances. But what if this isn't true? The phenomenon is almost like a pink fog hovering just a few inches off the ground. The color is a light ethereal pink that almost appears to glow. It slowly drifts and shifts around the Tiger Bay Reserve of the Tomoka River in Daytona, Florida. It appears almost supernatural in its movement. It is as if a pink curtain has been draped over the area, giving it an ominous and mysterious feel. The locals have told the chilling tales of this mysterious carnivore for years, but few believe them. Its presence has been confirmed in multiple regional towns, but always near a pond or a stream. Those lucky enough to witness its approach and survive tell of the bones of devoured animals it has left behind in its wake, Jeez. abandoning a grotesque reminder of this beast's gargantuan appetite. So, join us today as we travel within the mist to Florida to investigate the carnivorous pink cloud. Dun, dun, dun. But first, a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. Let us begin with Chapter 1, Chief Tomoki's Curse. As we usually do, uh, most of our stories start with uh, Native American legends and curses.
1: They're the best.
0: (laughs) Well, Alvaro Mexia had sailed around the world in search of new lands. Eventually, he reached the New World in 1605 and as the ship sailed up the coast of Florida, a misty pink cloud was spotted above the dark green trees ahead. The men called it La Nubrosa, and soon they were passing by a clearing that revealed an ancient Tamukian stronghold hidden beneath the tree canopy. It seemed that this was the source of the mysterious cloud. Theorists and researchers had long speculated a potential link between the mysterious carnivorous pink cloud and an ancient Native American legend passed down through the generations about Chief Tomoki. Tomoki was an impressive figure standing almost seven feet tall. He was a figure of respect and intimidating power. His grim expression was highlighted by his long black hair pulled Back into a bun atop of his head. His sun-darkened skin was crisscrossed with an intricate tribal tattoos that illustrated his entire body. He was revered for his courage and strength, and his fellow Timokia tribespeople were awed by him. However, it was his pride and fearlessness that caused him to scoff at the local legends and superstitions. He believed that no invisible force could control his destiny. The Florida sun shone brightly in the sky as he walked into an ancient temple, his eyes immediately drawn to the golden cup on a pedestal near the entrance. He grabbed it, feeling its cold metal against his skin. His heart raced excitedly as he filled the cup with water from a nearby holy spring. The Tomokia tribe revered the crystal clear spring that bubbled up beneath the sprawling oak tree. It was said to whisper of immortality and eternal youth. The people were warned to stay away from its waters, for they believed that the great spirit descended each evening to drink from the cool liquid that filled its basin. The tall and imposing chief Tomoki stared at the cup before his tribe skeptically. He filled it and raised it to his lips and even as the cool liquid passed through him, he could feel the fear coursing through their bodies. He continued to drink until he had consumed the entire cup and when it was done, a sense of invincibility and strength seemed to radiate from him. In retaliation for his blasphemy, the nearby tribes attacked Tomoki's tribe. They threw spears, shot arrows, and charged forward to take the revenge for his desecration. He stood with his arms flung wide, a silent challenge to the approaching warriors. Arrows flew in from all directions, yet none reached their target. Some swerved around him as if steered by an invisible hand and others lost momentum and dropped harmlessly at his feet. The attackers cried out in confusion, but Tomoki remained steady on the battlefield, unharmed by any weapon. It was then that the force suddenly paused. A beautiful Indian maiden princess named Olita emerged from the brush, her long black hair shining in the morning sun. Expertly, She drew her bow and notched an arrow. She took her time and aimed at the immortal chief. Her dark eyes narrowed in determination, and without hesitation, she released the projectile and watched it fly towards Tomoki. It buried itself deeply in his heart.
1: He was heartbroken.
0: He was heart pierced.
1: (laughs) Eh, same difference.
0: The chief fell to the ground and Olitas darted forward with a cry of triumph. Her fingers closed around the golden cup in the chief's hand, but in that instant, a single arrow flew from the darkness and pierced her heart like an icy chill. Uh Her eyes widened in shock as she realized she had been poisoned. (laughs) The maiden staggered back, still grasping the sacred cup, before collapsing beside Chief Tomoki. The golden chalice's gleaming surface was now smeared with her blood. Legend has it that Tomoki's spirit was cursed to take the form of a cloud resembling pink cotton candy. Hmm. He was said to be required to float along the Tomoka River, it preying on unsuspecting victims, punishing them for their transgressions with the unyielding wrath. The cloud may have been killing the local wildlife to avenge his death, moving slowly through the forest, skeletons of dead animals littering the ground below, a mute evidence of a sinister mission. It was said that the sacred golden cup had been passed down through the generations of the tribes of Florida Native Americans, none daring to disturb its resting place in a secret spring deep within their homeland. Could this have been the holy grail and could the spring have been the fountain of youth isn't in, that in st augustine well this is in daytona so just a little bit farther south of it
1: huh.
0: and there's never been any proof of where the fountain of youth was
1: but we drank out of it
0: H- oh, but we're hence still our old. childish hence our childish yeah. charms i guess we're still
1: old never mind.
0: well in addition for years local teenagers have told stories of a mysterious red globe that seems to follow cars down the tomoka road on any given night curious folk would gather off to the side of the road and watch for the strange phenomenon after some time they would hear a low hum before seeing a bright red light strolling down in front of their cars kind of like an old-fashioned railroad lantern Could these be the tribesmen seeking to protect the location of the golden cup and its fountain of youth? Today, there is a towering sculpture of the legendary chief crafted by master artist Fred Dana Marsh in 1957. It reaches 45 feet high of a stunning sight as the sun shines brightly against its bronze padina. The statue of Tomoki stands tall atop a monument of grassy hill surveying the scene below him. It depicts his enemies as gathering at the base of the mountain armed with bows and spears glinting in the sunlight. He held a long lost spear in one hand and an overturned chalice in the other, its contents spilling down the sides of the sculpture like liquid silver. His face shows no fear or worry as he waits for his enemies to make their move. When the Spanish explorers arrived in Florida, the Tomoquia people who had populated much of the area for centuries were forced to adapt to a new way of life. Over time, their name, history, and stories were distorted. It is true that the tribe had chiefs, but those that were depicted by the statue were not based on any historical people. Today, the story of Tomoki is not believed to be historically accurate. Merely a legend of the land.
1: You know, that's a shame because stories always go back to being a legend of the land. But they came from something, and something always comes from truth. So, I mean, why do they have to just be legends? Why can't they just be truths?
0: Unfortunately, that's kind of the trend of settlers coming in and upsurping the local regions is they change everything to fit within their storytelling. America. Sad, but true. Uh, but the good thing is, is that the statue is still there. In fact, uh Ann, it's only two hours from us. So I think that might be a road trip we have to take.
1: Cool. On our way to St. Augustine?
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss it after the podcast. Okay until then let's talk about chapter two 11 years of terror for 11 years between 1955 and 1966 a strange pink fog blanketed the woods of eastern florida it slithered through the trees hugging trunks and brushing against leaves until it reached the edges of small towns Residents were fearful as the ominous fog seemed to bring danger and death with it. The area around Tomoka River was a peaceful rural scene during this time period. Cows grazed in the fields and alligators lay in the sun near the river's edge. There would be little white farmhouses scattered throughout the countryside, providing a peaceful contrast against the lush green backdrop of forests and wetlands. The sun would glint off of the river's surface, creating a tranquil atmosphere. Hunters were used to seeing the pinkish cloud in the fall and winter when the temperature was sufficiently cool enough for the clouds to settle in. As the sun slowly rose over the horizon, the mist would begin to glimmer a gentle pink hue from the reflecting rays caused by the sun. Some descriptions changed the color to that of an orange rather than pink. Fishermen watched in awe as the mysterious creature weaved through the dense shrubbery and over sun-dappled rocks in the Tomoka River. Its long, smooth body glided with ease. It moved like an intelligent thing, creeping and writhing as if it had a life of its own. The pink cloud clung to everything it touched. It had almost an otherworldly look, as if it was made from an unnatural gas. The cloud was eerily silent, as if it was holding its breath, anticipating the subsequent destruction it would bring. It glided intelligently, as if with premeditated intent, sometimes even moving against the wind. Eyewitnesses reported that the thing's presence was marked by its destruction. In its path lay heaps of bleached bones picked clean of all flesh. Nothing moved within the cloud. Only the dead remained of what used to be. The clouds swirled around the bones, creating an eerie atmosphere of death and destruction. The skeletons of the animals killed by the fog were still in their original shape, like they were caught in the middle of an action. The ribs, vertebrae, and even the curvature of the spine were still there, but no flesh remained. How? They were white and bleached, and looked like the macabre sculpture from a distance. Hunters felt unease that hung in the air, as if something unnatural had come and taken away the life from these bodies. The deceased animals seemed to be in perfect condition, with their intricate details of each bone still intact. There was no signs of damage or destruction. It was almost as if the animals had merely been frozen in time. The bones were surprisingly free from any discoloration or decay. It did not even appear that scavengers had gnawed on any portions. It wasn't long before the stories of the discovered bones were no longer simply about prey animals. They began to include the remains of human beings. Wow. So I think it kind of upped its uh, game and appetite. Maybe a little. Over time, the legends grew, and the carnivorous cloud finally descended upon unsuspecting hikers choking the air and soundlessly devouring those that had foolishly ventured too close. Foolish mortals. The thing moved through the shadows of Tomoka's river's dense forests. Twelve people vanished within those eleven years, without a trace, leaving only bones scattered amongst the trees near Tomoka River. No one remembered their names or what happened to them, as if they had been erased from existence by some unknown force. Most were homeless and living in makeshift dwellings close to the riverbank. The locals knew what happened, though the police force seemed to turn a blind eye. The devaluation of human life during this period was so pervasive that the local police were overwhelmed by reports and could not document each incident. Despite the rumors that echoed through every town, there were very few official records of the horrors that happened. Now you have to remember, Goldie Ann, the time was ripe with the possibility of fresh starts. During the 50s and 60s, people moved around the country, some taking new names and leaving their past lives behind, like a shed skin. This was the time of free love, running from the horrors of war, and rampant drug use. Yeah, buddy. And before long, these nameless people blended into the fabric of a new town, invisible to those that knew them before. Unfortunately, some of them may have had their new lives cut short, becoming the victims of carnivorous pink clouds. I'm waiting for it to
1: turn purple. It was pink, then it went orange. Maybe it'll go red, then purple.
0: Spoiler alert, it oh, doesn't. Damn.
1: But the you say spoiler alert? It did. <laughs> oh, well.
0: But maybe I can keep you entertained with Chapter 3, Modern Reports. Ooh. So it's still happening? Well, yeah. whatever the Carnivorous Pink Cloud was or what its purpose was, a mere decade after its first sighting, it was never seen again.
1: Yeah. what's modern about that
0: well the carnivorous pink cloud rolled in one autumn morning seemingly out of nowhere its thick tendrils and strange shape filling the sky it lingered for a few years and then disappeared as suddenly as it had arrived leaving no trace except a lingering fear and some unanswered questions it was as if it was nothing but a dream the mysterious cloud dissipated into the bright blue sky like a wisp of fog in the morning, never to be seen again. Could the creature's decline be attributed to the disappearance of its feeding grounds? The area now, since the 1950s and 60s, has been replaced by swaths of human infrastructure. Where once tall trees towered over the land, there are now peaceful suburb streets, lined with neat rows of houses and gardens. The people here are blissfully unaware of this place's sinister past. The supernatural entity that used to roam here are the dangers it poses. There are still some that believe it is connected to strange disappearances and mysteries of our modern age. Like? Well, a newspaper article from Ormond Beach, Florida, wrote Of a fisherman at Tomoka State Park who recently made a horrifying discovery while on the water. He found a black plastic bag floating near the shore. Upon inspection he found it contained human remains including a severed foot and part of a leg. (laughs) The news quickly spread throughout the community after the article was published. The Ormond Beach Police Department was tight-lipped about the number of bags that were found. Still, sources reported that more had been located with additional human remains inside. The same human? As I said, the police were very tight-lipped about the details of it. It could have been the same person. It could have been multiple people. What wasn't scarce was that the old-timers whispered about the carnivorous pink cloud that had been a nightmare for towns years ago. They discussed it with fear in their eyes, and they believed that danger could be closer than anyone realized. The problem is, the human remains found on the river's shore were contained in thick, dark plastic that had been sealed, not something that a pink cloud would do. <laughs> there was nothing special about them until you looked inside the bags. But a purple cloud would do it. Okay, we'll assume maybe the purple cloud is a possible suspect, just to make you happy. Okay. Because also, the contents of the human remains were not stripped to the bones as tales had described of the pink carnivorous cloud. Or is it possible that the carnivorous pink cloud waits for the right moment to come alive and wreck havoc on the land? Maybe the sun has to be just so, the wind blowing in the right direction or the temperature exactly perfect. All of these factors had to come to combine so that it could rise and cause death again. Chapter 4. The Science of Carnivorous Clouds. And I prepared a couple of possible theories that I, I can go over with you and get your opinions. Okay. There is a group of skeptics and government representatives who argued that the fumes were toxic claiming that it was swamp gas. Mm -hmm. A possible explanation for the strange pink cloud was environmental contamination. You have to remember that although this was a rural area in the 1950s and 60s, it lacked significant industrial activity. It doesn't rule out the possibility of illegal dumping by certain company entities. Haven't done that before. you you hear about it all the time, industries may have taken advantage of the lack of oversight to illegally dump their toxic waste products into the nearby wetlands of this region. This emphasizes the importance of protective regulations to preserve the safety and health of our communities. It is impossible to know what chemicals combined in with the natural waters of the wetlands. Perhaps it was just perfect to create a pink cloud that was able to acidically dissolve flesh from bones. Gross.
1: Because if that could happen, it would happen more often. Some people would know about it.
0: Okay. I mean,
1: disintegrating flesh? Come on.
0: Well, there's hydrochloric acid that does it.
1: Well, yeah, but that's that's like more controlled. That's in a, you know, if you're going to do that, you're going to look for them in, like, a big blue barrel.
0: So why couldn't some company take in their big blue barrels, dump them out in the swamps, and then they started leaking? And then the Florida sun and heat turned them into a pink cloud that started uh, eating people away.
1: I think we would have heard more about that.
0: Okay. Well, maybe another argument rests with the space race <laughs> and the development of rocket engines. For example... On March 3rd of 2021, a rocket flight from the east coast of Florida took a unique payload to over 200 miles away to Virginia. A small quantity of vapor was released in the near vacuum of space. The gas emitted from this rocket had a rare and beautiful pink hue due to what's called the Rayleigh effect, the phenomenon that gives us our blue skies and gorgeous sunsets.
1: That's where I was going to get to, because, you know, even nowadays, it's like my daughter, when she was little, she could look at the sky and tell tell you that it looked like a milkshake because all the different colors of the clouds.
0: So this rocket would fly almost to the point where atmosphere and space combine. Its vapors turn into a pink color. And the pink clouds in the sky caused by the rocket set residents of the Jersey Shore into a panic. Who knows how much of that mist and product traveled down along the waterways to create this Rayleigh effect of rocket smoke. Some researchers hypothesized that the phenomenon could be attributed to a geothermal activity similar to an eruption of a geyser at Yellowstone National Park. So imagine Old Faithful every few hours bursting up with superheated water and erupting into steam. The argument states that the deaths of the animals and people could be due to extremely high temperatures combined with the humidity levels found in Florida. This would cause flash cooking or superheating of water drops and lead to the bleaching of bones. Okay. So who knows, there could be geysers out in the wetlands of Florida that animals or people might accidentally stumble on and get boiled instantly from an eruption.
1: I still think we'd hear more about
0: that. Well, scientists are testing and evaluating these theories to understand this incredible natural occurrence. So we may hear some better answers eventually. Yeah. However theory you want to look at, Goldie Goldian, the combination of scientific theories and the supernatural folklore has created a tangible fear that the legend of the carnivorous pink cloud was based on truth. The thought is almost too horrifying to comprehend. So you could explain it either supernaturally or naturally. So, Goldingham, Chapter 5, Popular Culture. I kind of want to get your opinion on a lot of these. Homoclopophobia is the irrational fear of fog. Someone suffering from this condition can't expect to experience a very high amount of anxiety from merely thinking about myths, let alone actually seeing it or traveling within a fog. In fact, their anxiety may be so intense that they may endure a full-blown panic attack as a result of it. The fear is that a cloud will envelop them and then suffocate the air from their lungs as they struggle to breathe. There is a fear that the unknown paranormal entities are hiding in the shrouded nothingness of the fog. Their fear is that one who enters the clouds will have from this reality to be transported to another realm or time, never to return. Regardless, we have a lot of fears of clouds and what's in them. Novels and movies have taken advantage of that fear to bring us some truly terrifying stories. Fog of 1980 by John Carpenter, starring Adrian Barbeau and Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: i kind of wondering if this is why you watched The Fog the other day.
0: Duh. <laughs> Against the backdrop of spine-chilling stories of drowned mariners and a hundred-year-old shipwreck lying on the bottom of the sea, the peaceful coastal town of Antonio Bay, California, is preparing to celebrate its centennial. A dense fog starts to shroud the seaside town, leading to unaccountable disappearances. The restless dead have returned for revenge. Is there something evil lurking in the fog?
1: Watched it when I was little. Scared me.
0: What part scared you? The fog. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) were you scared of all fogs?
1: Something in the fog.
0: So Um, were you scared of all fogs?
1: I don't remember. (laughs) I don't think so.
0: Okay. Well, in 2005, there was another remake of the fog, by Rupert Wainwright, starring Tom Welling. In this version. The inhabitants of Antonio Island, off the coast of Oregon, are about to unveil a statue honoring the four men who founded their town in 1871. A bizarre series of events begins to occur, including several gruesome deaths and the presence of the mysterious fog. It tells how a man named Blake bought half the island for use as a leper colony. While bringing his people to Antonio Island in their clipper ship, the Elizabeth Dane, Blake is betrayed. The four men locked Blake and his people in their ship, stole their money and possessions, and then set fire to the ship, killing everyone aboard. Rude. While in the present day, the ghosts of Blake and his crew have risen from their watery grave to seek revenge on the descendants of the four men, all within the fog. <laughs> So a similar plot line, but slight variations.
1: I've only seen that one once. I don't really remember it well.
0: It's a little bit easier to understand the plot because they're a little bit more obvious of the dead hiding in the fog. And it's a little bit more gruesome because of its more modern time period. But it doesn't have the chills of the original. Okay, Goldian. In closing, what do you think of the carnivorous pink cloud?
1: I like all the stories you've put with it. That's for sure. Thank you. Um, I mean, I've never seen one.
0: Seen a fog or a pink cloud? A
1: pink cloud.
0: Well, like I said, going in, it's only two hours away. Oh, okay. Well, let's go see a pink cloud. <laughs> then I'll let,
1: then I'll answer your question.
0: Okay. <laughs> to
1: well, be continued.
0: To be continued. Well, in the meantime, I think it has a. Very fascinating story. Like I said, people do have an innate fear of the unknown hiding within clouds and fogs. And then to add supernatural stories like Chief Tomoki or to put scientific theories behind it that it could be caused by radiation or chemical spills adds a little bit of reality to it that you kind of need to make these kind of stories seem more frightening than they are. Now, whether 12 people actually died from the carnivorous pink cloud, I really don't know. I kind of find it hard to believe that the homeless were being killed and the police weren't taking any actions. But, you know, stranger things have happened. (laughs) I mean, there's unsolved cases every day, so um, it is plausible. So, should you, our listeners, ever wander the forests of Florida's Tomoka River, watch for a fog drifting across the ground. It may be pinkish in hue, or in Goldie Ann's case, purplish, and it may have an appetite for flesh. You may discover the carnivorous pink cloud. Nom, 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 nom. Now, before we go, I want to remind everyone that we are on social media and would love to hear your stories and opinions about the carnivorous pink cloud. Can a fog devour animals and people, leaving only bones behind? You can reach us on our Facebook page, Within the Mist Podcasts, and we are also on Instagram. We even have an email at Within the Mist Podcasts at gmail.com for any of you who would like to share. Are you going to make a thread? I would always open up a thread every time I post one of these.
1: No, 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 no. The new, the new social media
0: app, Thread. Oh. That is, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes. <laughs> Let me announce that we are on the new social app, Threads. So please oh, find are? us.
1: Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Of course.
0: We're on the cutting edge. Oh, okay. So please find us and follow. We hope you enjoyed our story of the carnivorous pink cloud, and we'll come again for another episode next week. Until then, remain constantly curious, and goodbye.
1: Bye, guys.